Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. I think for a lot of people, maybe most people, we're all ready to leave 2021 in the rearview mirror. And that goes for words, too. Kathy and Ross, you have a list of words that would be better off just staying in 2021. Yes. <laughs> yes. Many of the many of the users may imagine are also just because they allude to things we'd like to have left back in 2021 as well. So it's not just the word. In some cases, it's the concept. As well, yes. And then other ones are, are basically, one thing we have noticed is how a lot of computer and technical terms are sort of creeping into regular speech. And we think these words are fine as used in with computers or whatever, but we'd rather not hear them used in everyday speech. These are really, to my mind, words that people think sound cool, sort of. We go back to that. We've talked about this a bunch of times. They're sort of like cool scientific, whatever, not tech, whatever. They're sort of like cooler and they're overused. Yeah, they're tech. A lot of them, I, when I, I, I think Kathy was right to correct me. They're not just computer. They're technical terms as well. I'm not sure they're necessarily only said to be cool. I think sometimes it's sort of lazy and you don't want to bother you searching for a different word. And again, there's not, nothing wrong with these words in many cases, but they're becoming cliched and they're I'm losing a lot of, of times the meaning. <laughs> I'm sick of most of these. I mean, like, really <laughs> sick of them, to be honest. I, cliche, whatever. I'm sick of them. <laughs> okay, let's start with one, bandwidth. What does bandwidth means? It technically means the transmission capacity of a network connection. But how is it being used now? Catherine? Let's talk about how sick you are of this one. <laughs> I don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with this. <laughs> that's what I, I am. I don't. I mean, that's what it's being used for all the time. It's, it's bandwidth referring to the human capacities to cope with something, whether it's emotional or, or, or uh, just the general wherewithal to cope with or take something on. And I am so sick of hearing this. I really am. And it's not surprising that you're sick of hearing it because we looked it up. And, and uh, it's in the top 4% of words being now used in current speech, which is very, very popular. Wow. Interestingly enough, though, uh, Merriam-Webster has that definition, the emotional definition. Oxford English Dictionary doesn't. But what do you think, Fletcher? Are you sick of it or not? No, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it seems to bother the two of you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I, I just haven't really thought that much about it. I mean, I... It doesn't surprise me that you're bringing it up. I, I think I probably say it every now and then even. Uh, I should interject for a second. When I said top 4%, I meant top 4% of words looked up, not actual use. Because the and and have a lot more usage than band. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sick of those words. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of and. <laughs> now, for me, the problem with bandwidth, honestly, is I, I, I've used it a lot. I first, you know how sometimes you fall into your own cliches? I started using bandwidth and I started using wheelhouse, which is the strangest thing because I've never used that. And I suddenly caught myself talking about, well, that's not really in my wheelhouse. And I'm like, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Yeah, really. Thank you. But I think the, my problem with bandwidth is 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 just it's got that sort of slick marketing sound to me. 
And I think it's so used now. I feel like I feel like it's constant, like ad, like Mad Madison Avenue-y. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I absolutely. think that's what I find objectionable. Mm-hmm. I can see that. For me, it feels like it's so used that it's it's less of that. Um, I mean, it's it's not quite as advertising slick, just because it's everybody's using it. One thing I can mm-hmm. see, one, one problem I can see with it though, and, and maybe maybe this will be common to a lot of these words is that it, it's kind of dehumanizing when we talk about our own bandwidth right we're not we're not robots wow fletcher mm. you've just you've just segued into our next word and in our article we said exactly that we're talking about end user and end user does have a technical meaning that's correct but we said we're tired of it being used for general humans and we thought it was very dehumanizing. Mm. Do you feel the same about end user? Well, now this one I don't really hear that much. Tell me how it's being more commonly used as opposed to its its technical definition. Actually, tell me both. Okay, well, technically, it's the ultimate consumer, ultimate user of a product or service. So you could, uh, uh, the first use of uh, I found of it was um, in the OED, was they were talking about Esso would not sell chemicals to the end user. So you have someone, and in this case, it's a company buying chemicals, and then there's the end user. They're the purchaser of it, but then there's an end user, the company that's going to get those chemicals. So there's, there's, it's like you've got a middleman and you've got an end user. It's being used now just to replace words like customer or buyer or client. Like Ross and I write, we could say our readers are our end users, which sounds really annoying to me. Am I making any sense? Am I making this clear enough? I, th- I think you are. I think it has, uh, when Kathy said the Esso thing, I think, for example, Esso, let's say, makes hydrochloric acid. I don't know if they do. But uh, hydrochloric acid Well, they don't exist gen- anymore, do they? <laughs> uh, oh, Exxon, I'm sorry. Yeah, Exxon. <laughs> But the point is that uh, hydrochloric acid would not be normally distributed to consumers. It would be sold to other companies which use it to make things. But the end user would probably get a tiny bit of hydrochloric acid in there whenever. And therefore, they would be using it, but they wouldn't be. Have, it would not have been sold to them directly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very valid usage of the word. I don't think... As Kathy just said, people who read our books or listen to this are end users in that sense. I think it's dehumanizing. Yeah, I think it's horrifying. Uh, I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just one more thing, one more way we are commodifying everything and turning people into data points and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. numbers on a spreadsheet. And I think that's awful. Yeah. The one thing that heartened me was um, I looked it up um, on the Google Ngram and that measures only the words that are used in books. So, I mean, there is there is a difference there between like regular conversation or a news article, whatever. But I noticed that end, um, end user peaked in about 2000 and it looks like it's it's heading downhill. So that actually heartened me a little bit. That said, this was a lot of these words were ones that Ross and I hated, but we also talked to mainly business people because the article we wrote was for business. But um, we also uh, read a lot, and these were all of, these were words that did come up consistently this year mm-hmm. uh, by people saying they're ones that they would like to just be out of here. Some we don't feel strongly about, but I agree with you about end user. The next word we have here, this one doesn't bother me. I, I don't know how you all feel about it. It's granular. Granular basically means very detailed, having or seeming to have many small grains or particles. And then during, particularly during COVID, it, it basically took off. People look at data on the granular level. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the smallest bits of information. Now, we wrote this and we said it's being used so much and it's now be used as instead of saying things like detailed. 
And I don't know, what do you all think? This doesn't bother me as much as the end user does, personally. I don't know how you feel about it. Me, no, it doesn't bother me too much. I, 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 I think it is even a little more specific than detailed. At least it feels that way to me. It feels like really, really detailed, like on the, on the really <laughs> tiny, you know, atomic level almost even. Yeah, that's my feeling. Okay, this is one that I this is this was my choice because I hate it. I sound so cranky. It's like, this, like get off my lawn. You know? I first started hearing it all the time. It was at the beginning of COVID when um, Andrew Cuomo, who we now have forgotten, back when everybody loved him, um, and he was doing his press conference and he was talking about you know looking at the granular data, and I didn't know what it meant initially, and I was fascinated by it. My objection to this one is I feel like a lot of people are using it. I agree with you, Fletcher, that there is a decisive difference between granular, technically, there should be at least. You use granular for the teeny, teeny, tiny, and then you have detailed for tiny, not teeny, teeny, tiny. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are using it just because it sounds fancy. This is one of those ones where, like, and that's my big soapbox, as you know. I hate it when people use things. And I feel like a lot of times people are chucking it in because it like, sounds like, ooh, granular, as opposed to like, oh, detailed. I'm going ch- to go exactly counter to this. Now, we just talked about bandwidth and end user, and particularly end user. End user to me sounds really dehumanizing. It doesn't give me a vision. Granular, I, I think of, like Fletcher said, little grains or little atoms. And I think language is best when it's vivid. And granular to me is really vivid. It's, I think it's a better word to some degree. And now I'm regretting having put it, having agreed to put this in the article. <laughs> <in detail>. <laughs> <laughs> You should never listen to your sister, Ross. <laughs> no, I sort of, when I look at it, I sort of think granular really tells it to me. And I picture like, boy, you're really getting down to the nitty gritty, down to the, the tiniest detail. I think it's sort of a cool word. Wait a second. I think I just realized though why I hate it so much. I've been writing, as you well know, for, for the, we're doing a proposal, Fletcher, for a different, completely different type of book. And I was writing about John Kellogg and the first serial he invented was called Granulose. And I hated the name. <laughs> I'm now wondering, because <laughs> I thought granulose or granula, that was it. <laughs> so, so maybe I have to retract everything I just, I have, I have to go now. If anybody's ever really wondered how words like these end up in articles, apparently this is, this is part of how. <laughs> so let's move swiftly on. on. <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Yeah, right. Moving on quickly, yeah. Now we're going to come to a word that I hate. I, I don't know. Now, this one, I'm, no one's going to convince me otherwise. The word is hack, as in hacking uh, solutions, you know, cookie hacks or whatever. Oh, not I, like not <laughs> like being a hack. No. Well, okay. Which no, I obviously hacking. am. <laughs> <laughs> no, hack is a down and dirty, quick solution to a problem. Right. This one, I don't know why. I just really, <laughs> it's become everything is a hack now. I turn on TV. I turn on the computer. I have like, you know, quick hacks to make the best breakfast, quick hacks to unclog your toilet. And I'm just sick of the word. Yeah, it's stupid. I think solution is a better word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't even get me started on solution. Um, but but yeah, uh, ha- hack. Uh, yeah, it's dumb. It's everywhere. I- I'm I'm also really tired of it. And actually, I made that joke about being a hack, but I was watching. Um, what was it? It was some, you know, craft competition show. And the people were were making all these wonderful things. And they referred to one of the contestants as the king of hacks. And. 
And I thought, that, that seems like an insult. They're calling this guy a, a, a hack? But what they meant was he was like the king of these workarounds or whatever. And mm-hmm. But every time I heard it, I thought, man, that's mean, uh, even, even though that's not what they meant. So I don't know. You know, yeah, let's get rid of that one. We don't need hack. Yeah, I don't like it either. I mean, we used to call them hints. Remember? I mean, I used to love like hints from Heloise. And so, I don't know why. I was a weird kid. I used to read these books with hints. And, and that's what hacks are. And I, I life hacks. I mean, I, yeah. no, 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 no. I, though, I've got to just do a slight tangent. I got curious where hack came from. And this was as in computer hacker. Right. And um, there's a diver- there's two theories. One is that, I mean, it, we now think of a hacker, computer hacker, as, as like, you know, evil guy getting into your computer system. But it also was creative solution, like a workaround, like we were talking about. And they're saying it might have come, and I'm not sure about this, from Hackney, as in a Hackney horse. It was a place named Hackney, and um, there were small horses that they would rent or, like, let by the hour or whatever. They came from Hackney. So they were riding horses, and then they were hacks, like you're talking about, like bad hacks. But then it was like you're working hard, so you're a hack and and then it became the good way. It's very confusing to me. Speaking of which, it's interesting the the, uh, the history, but we're also talking about the two different meanings. And we talked uh, several things ago on contronyms, and hack seems to be a great contronym. It can, mm. like as Fletcher just said, it could be a compliment, at, you know, as the noun or a um, not a compliment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. What about the slang? You, I can't hack that. I mean, because so that was from the positive one, right? If I can't hack it, I can't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a very. It's a very interesting word. I just don't. I, I think that on the top level, I don't like it being overused now. As a quick hack here, a quick hack there, everywhere a quick hack. You know that I'm sick of it. It's just too much. Do you want to move to the next? Yeah. This is one. This is just these. Are, now these are petty. We have we have a little petty section <laughs> well, for a second. <laughs> Why else are we here? <laughs> this one just sets my teeth on edge, and I, I see it all the time on Instagram and stuff. Friends of mine will do it. That I did a thing. Oh, you know, like they'll put up a picture. It's just, I hate that. Yeah. You know, so I kind of, it was kind of cute at first, but people, Mm -hmm. people will do that uh, even when they've done something that's really to be admired. Like I'll Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll see people who've published um, important pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. whether they're pieces of journalism or criticism or whatever. And when they tweet about it, they'll say, I wrote a thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can describe something however you want if it's yours. That's fine. But but really, you know, you did something important and and maybe mm-hmm. maybe act like it's a little more important. But isn't mm-hmm. that an example of another term I'm not real fond of? Humble bragging? Oh, yeah. Like it's like, well, you know. Sort of, it, it is. It is. I just, yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not the, the best thing. Thing. It just kind of devalues the important work that people are doing sometimes. And other times, whatever, it's a stupid meme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is it is definitely overused by now. Well, that being said, that being said is another one of our uh, petty words that were uh, phrases that we're sick of. And that being said, made it on um, every year a university in uh, Michigan, the Lake Superior State University, does lists of banished words, words that they wish to be banished. And they include, or phrases, and they included that one in there. What do you guys think of that one? 
that being said. Uh, so, okay. Do you consider that phrase equivalent to that said? Yeah. You do. Okay. Well, I say that said all the time. I, I will have, I will make a point and I will be leading into another point and I will say, okay, that said, and then I'll, I'll move on. I do it all the time. I, I, I can't complain about that one. I think they were talking. I don't, I think I actually agree with you on that one. I think we're, they're talking about, we, and we've just discussed this earlier in a previous thing. We're talking about filler words. I mm -hmm. think a lot of times you're, you're basically pausing letting people process what you just said and then moving on to something. That's what my feeling is on that one. I have no problem with this one. I'm going to be it's real. I really don't. Yeah. Cause I mean, I used, I mean, you know, I, speaking as a filler person, I mean, I always say like, you know what I mean? I do. I do that all the time. And I, and I know that it's mm -hmm. irritating. Remember when Ross dad used to be ready to scream every time I said that, but yeah, yeah. that being said, I don't have an issue with this one at all. I, I actually am surprised it ended on up on the list. Yeah. You know, it was on their list and there and people were and they're saying it doesn't really have much meaning, which is true. It doesn't have that much meaning, really. But it's a filler, and I think many of us use fillers in our language all the time. Some mm -hmm. people don't, but those people are they could talk like Demosthenes or something. I can't. I use fillers too. I guess it's a little more than a filler for me. I mean, I use it when I'm going to take a little bit of a turn in what I'm talking about, you know, I, I, I mm -hmm. will have stated some points and then I'll, you know, that said, I will. Isn't it maybe... sort of like a, however? Yeah. It almost, yeah. 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 I, what, what I'm about to say is a little bit contradictory to what I've just said. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Or it's a semicolon. It's a spoken semicolon. Really? Yeah. I You're don't changing direction a bit. I don't... I, that, yeah. That makes sense. There is a little bit of, yeah, that's what it is. There's, I mean, I'm not just going to say it if I'm continuing on with what I've just said, uh, I, I have a reason. There's a there's a, at least a small change in direction, if not a large one. Yeah, I don't mind that one at all, actually. I don't mind it I don't either. think, it's to me, that's not like I did a thing which just sets my teeth on edge. That said, that said I just See? said it without See? even knowing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that being said, there are certain ones I hate, like, like asking for a friend was another oh. one on their list. Oh. I, I, I despise that. that. <laughs> I hate that one. <laughs> Asking for a friend, I hate. I don't know if you guys, I just can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is, this is like uh, if, if somebody posts online, does anybody know how to get purple vomit out of a lace doily asking for a friend? <laughs> and what, the, what, yeah. the, what they really mean, of course, is that I've done this. And, <laughs> and I'm humiliated. <laughs> It's also used snarkily. My wife had that on Facebook recently. She was uh, complaining about, I think, uh, the military spending budget or something. And this guy uh, said, like, you know, who are you to complain about, you know, I hate people who are, you know, never served. Who are you to ask? You know, who are you to talk about it? Asking for a friend. Oh. And it was done mm. to basically criticize her. She commented that she had actually been in the military, so he was <laughs> kind of chagrined after that. Uh -huh. But that was done as a snarky thing, and that's been common too, I've noticed. Hmm. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, I haven't it like seen that. that. Yeah. I've seen that a bunch of times. But if, if there's a way to make something mean on the internet, people are going to find it. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> I'm shocked. Here's one that really bothers me though, too, and I'm just curious about how you feel about it. And it's, it's basically a subset of two. Uh, no worries or no problem. I have no problem with that. I say no worries all the time. I say both of them all the time. I do too, and I don't like it when I, if I go to a restaurant, for example, I'll order something, 
and the and the waiter will go no worries and it seems like that's that doesn't seem like the right transaction there and mm -hmm. i i'm saying it too i know i say no problem or no worries but then i think about it and it doesn't really make sense uh, not in that context it doesn't really make sense here's here's something i'd like to know about though does it bother you when you say thank you to someone and they say no problem like like mm -mm. Let's, yes let's leave aside let's leave aside waiters for a moment let's just say okay uh, in casual conversation with with your wife or a friend if they say no I have problem, no problem with it I say it all the time. If somebody says thank you, I, I respond. I never say you're welcome. I don't. I can't think of the last time I've said you're welcome. I do too. I say it, but I, I, it sounds funny. But I really don't like it. And I'm just thinking maybe I should work at getting it out of my language because I do say it. And I think it's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. Why? You know, I mean, could could you pass the uh, salt? No problem. It's like sure, no problem. You're saying, oh, here it is. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know. I, it's very casual. I, I I have no problem with it. Literally, I mean, mm -hmm. and figuratively. Now, how about <laughs> now, how about this, Kathy? Does it bother you if a if a, a waiter says no problem? No. Okay. I, to me, it's just a casual, you're welcome. And you're welcome to me now sounds, I, I've, I've made a point of trying to say you're welcome at one point. I cannot do it. I just, it's so unnatural to me. Isn't it strange? So this has happened to me too. And, and the reason I'm asking all of these questions is because I'm going to say, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago or so, I remember a lot of people really complaining about how many people were saying things like no problem when they would say thank you to them. And what started feeling weird to me was saying you're welcome because it started to feel like I thought I was really important for having done this thing for you. Right. Wow. Like, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, thank you. You're welcome. I have done this, this special thing for you. Right. And I, that's and I, I know that's not it. I know that it's just a polite response and, and that's fine. But that's not how it started to feel to me. It started to feel like I was taking this credit for this thing when really all I'd done was pass the salt or whatever. Interesting. You know what we're talking about here? We talked about this previously, too, is amelioration. We've basically what we're saying. I think you're right, is that your welcome has become has has increased as aggrandized in, in a, as a term. It means much more than just like, yeah, you're welcome. It means I have done something great for you. Whereas mm -hmm. it used to just mean, yeah, fine. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, okay, I just realized I do sometimes say you're very welcome, which is like, I think when I'm trying to be really magnanimous, oh, you're very welcome. But I wouldn't say you're welcome in the normal, pass the salt, you're welcome. Thank you. I forgot. <laughs> because you're welcome now means a lot more than it used to mean, we yeah. say. It does. And we're all agreeing yeah. on that. Yeah. So now, if Fletcher, you save someone by a brain surgery, <laughs> you can say you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might qualify, yeah, I think. <laughs> Especially if I do it, because I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> Would this person still be speaking? I mean, <laughs> okay. Now, what about I don't use no worries the same way as I use no problem. No, I no don't. No worries either. is slightly different. Okay. Yeah, no worries is um, if somebody actually no worries is something I'm going to use if somebody said, "Oh, I'm sorry," uh, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, I'll say, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. "No worries." Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's like no biggie here. Yeah. No big deal. Okay, now we have one. Let's just do this one quickly. Uh, it is what it is as acceptance of a situation. Yeah, I try never to use that. I, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how old it was, though. I thought of it as more of a 70s, 80s thing. It came from the 40s. There, there was the first time in print that the Times said. 
And they were talking about Nebraska, yeah, but it really took life off, in Nebraska. It took, it took off, though, in the 80s or, or the mm. 2000s, really. I don't think we really heard it too much before that, as I recall, at least. Okay, here's a word that I think we all want to get rid of. Influencer. Oh. <laughs> and and the concept exactly. as well, please. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's not just that word. Boy, I was, yeah, I, oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Influencers, of course, are... Uh, Let's say people who I don't know wear the latest sneakers online and and <laughs> so that they can uh, really honestly so that they can reap a lot of financial gain out of showing everybody that they have their sneakers and other people will then go buy them. I don't get it. I don't get the concept. I hate the word. I hate the whole thing. Yeah. We found this word actually as far back as 1664, but that's sort of fake. Yeah. They had an influence of the whole church. The real usage took off basically in in, in the in the late two th- uh, the 20 the late 2010s and uh, 220 I think in 2016 they had it on dictionary.com I'm not sure that's when they added it that's when they added it yeah, yeah. so it probably began in like 2015 or 14 it started really being noticed in terms of Google searches in 2015 the end of 2015 and it, it keeps going up it is still going up which really flipped me out a bit when I looked it up Um. I don't. I agree with you. I want this one to die quickly. I want it to go. I don't yeah. quite. I, I mean, this is like an off the topic in terms of words, but I don't quite understand. I know it. Like why I would want an influencer. I I, I don't get it really. If the person is, you know, they, they're being paid to like show off sneakers. I, I guess it's sort of like advertising. You know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Nicole Kidman wears these sneakers, so I want to wear them too. But I, I don't really understand the whole thing at this point. But but the the thing that fascinates me is the fact that it just became a business in and of itself. It's no longer a star. I mean, it's not Kim Kardashian who right. I don't understand why she's a star, but whatever. Doing oh, no. it, it's like it's like you know Jane, you know Slyman from down the street has decided uh-huh. to become an influencer, and she is. And I don't, I don't get it. It's a bunch of people whose names you've never heard if you aren't following them on Instagram. I mean, there's, yeah, no. you, you, you would have never, you know, they are famous for being influencers and only influencers. And... But at the same point, though, we do know in advertising, we do know that, like, when, when there's someone talking about, when someone famous talking about, you know, this brand, whatever they use, we also know they probably don't use it. They're being paid to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, there really isn't. <laughs> they don't? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize there were all these spinoff words. Have you guys ever heard the term spawn con? That's also big. I mean, if you're in the influence business, you know, SpawnCon is sponsored content. Okay. And then branding and platforms. Those are two words I'm sick of as well, oh, frankly. Oh, I hate branding. Again, that's, uh, you know, it's more dehumanization, I think, especially with branding, because everybody's so concerned about their personal brand. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's replaced personality <laughs> in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Mm-hmm. It's true. You're right. And I just want to close this subject with... I, I, I was, this is just upsetting. There's new breakoff terms. Like influencer isn't enough anymore. There's thinkfluencers, micro-influencers, and nano-influencers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> All of the influencers, this one drives Kathy and me crazy, obsessed. <laughs> oh, God, we yeah. Seeing, <laughs> we keep seeing this sort of thing. Seven looks we're obsessed with. Like, whatever happened to like? And like Kathy said, are people losing control over crop sweaters? <laughs> it's, it's, I, 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 it's, it's, I get all these fashion um, 
emails and it's constant it's true like the boots were all obsessed with blah 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 no it's it's I'm, I'm i'm obsessed with getting rid of this i want us to calm down and stop being obsessed it's just like i like this shirt these boots are nice i'm not obsessed yeah, we're, we're really actually on that level i'm also sort of getting sick of destroyed i see that uh-huh. a lot like on um on, on various social media things so and so destroys the anti-vaxxers and then you see the person and he's or the pro-vaxxers i don't care which one and you see the person going like you know i think they're wrong he didn't destroy them he had an opinion about you know that's been going on for a really long time what used to happen is uh people would post uh clips of of john stewart when he was on the daily show all the time and say john stewart absolutely destroys blah 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 (laughs) and and i'd I'd watch it i'd be like well yeah i mean he's he's basically right and it was funny but i don't know that he like totally you know destroyed them (laughs) (laughs) but isn't that like is that a case of decimate in a weird way or people like you know i think a lot like obsess people aren't going to click on your thing if you aren't making it extreme and so you know if 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 you have the the six the six boots that we that we like a lot this year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're probably not going to click on that. I don't know. That, but okay, this is going to be a little tangential. Though I mean, we're getting on the clickbait concept. Is it getting to the point that where everything's so so extreme that you don't like? If everything is obsessive, oh, me, if, sure. if I'm obsessed about these shirts, these boots, and that, and like everybody's destroying everybody else, doesn't it sort of lose its impact? Yeah, it's not sustainable. We, we have to Mm-mm. we'll have to find something more extreme at some point. Where do we go from obsessed? <laughs> Although on that level, have you ever seen British advertising from the 1930s? I can't say I have. It's really interesting. <laughs> I was just saying, not offhand. A, not offhand. No, I was looking at a magazine, a British, and they're so low key. Oh, really? I mean, to the extent yeah. where things like this car, it, this car is among the the top cars of the lower echelon, that sort of thing. And you go, this is an ad. I don't want to buy it. Uh, so, so this this is way off topic, but this reminds me of my favorite movie poster that I've ever seen. It's for. Um, Tokyo Olympiad, which is a documentary on the the Tokyo Olympics, and uh, it's and it's fantastic. It, it's an amazing uh, piece of of cinema. But the the movie poster says quite possibly the second greatest film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> see, now that's just that. brilliant. <laughs> that makes me want to see it. <laughs> oh, well, see, here we go with penultimate again. Yes. yes. <laughs> We could pivot away from the the topic right now. And that's another word. LinkedIn had pivot as the word of the year in 2020. And I'm really getting tired of that word in 2021. And many people are uh, uh, with us on that one. Kathy? I don't care for it, but I don't hate it. I I, I find it, again, it's one of those ones where I think people are using it. It sort of sounds clever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. But I don't, I I could live with pivot. I I don't like it, though. I may have used it earlier in this episode. I know I thought it. I don't know if the word actually came out of my mouth. But but tell tell me why, what what context is it being used in here? I'm thinking probably of, of like pivot to video which is what a lot of media companies did. Yeah, or shifting direction in a major way. In foreign policy, which yeah. I used to be do, I mean, it's like the U.S. is pivoting toward China in terms of threats, away from Russia towards China. It's, and I see it all the time used in foreign policy magazines. But the problem is it just becomes like the U.S. is pivoting towards China, 
pivoting away from here, pivoting towards Serbia, pivoting away from Montenegro. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just tends to become um, right. kind of what Kathy was saying earlier. It's a technical or it's it's a word that sounds sort of cool, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, and that that's basically why I might have used it earlier and now I can't remember. But we were talking about, you know, changing direction. That being said, uh, and then pivoting to another topic or mm. an- another, uh, you know, another part of the conversation and that might be mm-hmm. when i used it and, and i i absolutely use that word in conversation maybe not a lot but sure well i think there's a place for it i think again we go back to things when they're overly used or used like when they're not needed you know what i mean yeah. i think that's you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's my filler i just want to close with for me the one i'm really tired of is the new normal and i i know there's a place for that but I, i'm i'm really getting to the point where Everything you see now is the new normal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, I'm beginning, that's the one that's sort of starting to grate on my nerves a bit. Mm-hmm. You guys don't feel the same way, apparently, from those mm-hmm's. Well, I think the new normal is used basically, I think it's after a tragedy, a major tragedy or a major life-changing event. We've all gone through a major life-changing event, and we all want to get back to something approaching normality. So I, I think maybe... It, it's being overused now, but we're all in COVID now. So I have a feeling it'll, it'll dissipate and, and diminish once we're through and once we're to be fair in the new normal. Mm-hmm. And we noted that it does, it did appear after world war one. And um, after world war one, we got to the end of Asian and the uh, flu, we got into the new normal. And then the word disappeared or the concept disappeared for a long time. Ah, interesting. So I'm wondering okay. if the same thing's going to happen. I'm sort of sick of it, but I'm wondering if I'm sick of it because of COVID the realities of COVID rather than the phrase itself. I don't like the new normal at all so far. No, I don't either. Well, we want to get I want the, the old normal. normal. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think we know what the new normal is yet. And, and so we're still flailing around inside that. And that's probably, yeah, as Ross said, that's probably why you're seeing it so much. Um, especially yeah. uh, especially making that point, Ross, that it, it sort of disappeared a- after the Spanish flu, uh, after World War One. It, you know, they, it popped up. Mm-hmm. People were trying to figure out what this new world looked like, and then it went away because they kind of did figure out what the new world looked like. But but we aren't. Yeah, we aren't that's true. We aren't there yet, so we're still Mm-mm. groping around in the dark. The new black. The new. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new black. It's <laughs> true. I think we should pivot away from all of this. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and to use another word, I think we're ready to take it offline. Which take is it offline. <laughs> oh, God. Did you have to do that, Ross? <laughs> Pained me. <laughs> Can we take that offline? Thank you. <laughs> so is that, when do people really use this? I mean, it seems like it's very businessy. You know, you're having a conversation with somebody but does it just mean we'll, we'll talk about it outside of the official channels? What does it really, what do people really mean when they say this? Well, it means a few things. It, it, it actually, because we we wrote an article about words that, business words we want to get rid of our terms. And we got a f- pushback on this one because a few people said there's a legitimate time and place for this. And it, it, it means, it can mean we want to talk about it later. It can be the subject has been changed and it's like, okay, we'll take that offline and go back to the subject at hand. And what was the third one? Well, the third one was basically they're taking it off the the, the agenda and they want to talk about it uh, privately. Mm-hmm. That was it. Thank you. Okay. And I, so I those think are that, legitimate that's uses. Sort of legitimate. 
But the problem I have, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying I think the issue I have is that it's it's used now constantly. Again, we go back to like the, the other ones that we said are taken out of the business sense and put into the um, non-business environment. And that's when I don't like it because it just seems so, um, I don't know, technical to suddenly go something like, oh, yeah, we'll take that offline. Although some people use it taking it offline to be meeting in real life as opposed to meeting online too. So there's, you know, that's true too. But see, we're getting, but we're getting into the problem with the words now here. It, it, it's getting all mushy. Like what does it really mean? We don't, we're basically saying it means like 15 different things. So maybe we could use specific words to mean specific things. Let's talk about it privately. Let's, let's take it offline being specifically. Let's not talk about it online. Let's, talk later, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that, you know, gets back to the whole idea of language to communicate clearly and to make your point clearly, unless you're writing a poem, an obscure poem, then you're fine making it unclear. But otherwise, you want to get our point across. (laughs) I disagree. Poetry is like the most, I think the whole point of poetry is to be the most distilled, the most precise. So you're wrong. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I want you guys to take that conversation offline. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us. They're how we get more people to find us. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs>